Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris. Schmidt. Welcome to it. Thursdays here at Tail Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr. We are in studio today at Longwell's yesterday for State Tournament Central and tomorrow. Uh, Class B action. Motsi will be on the call and I'll be uh, locked in for the A semis tomorrow night, six and eight or around then. But uh, plenty of hoops to get into. Tough way to finish for Nebraska basketball last night against Penn State. We'll get into that. Uh, pretty good article by Bill Conley of ESPN. Who's going to be the new Clemson? Some candidates there to discuss. Uh, Brandon Vogel from Hale Varsity going to be with us in about 20 minutes. Uh, an old name and a guy I liked covering at Nebraska. He's been doing well in the CFL and he's going to do some and has been doing some offensive line training. Yoshi Hardrick. We'll uh, make a return appearance after about a decade away uh, in about 30 minutes. So we'll get caught up with Yoshi. Yoshi, one of the best characters in Mario, obviously. And uh, Yoshi Hardrick, a nice get back in the day for Nebraska from JUCO. Bill Dolman, uh, since we are uh, iffy with how much time we'll have tomorrow with Hale Varsity Friday, Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman with us in one hour. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. And then the Pride of Chicago, Danny Burke. Burke's best bets. A lot of underdogs doing work in uh, the madness that is March. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. can email Chris at HaleVarsity. Dot com. Give us a follow. Find us on Twitter. You can follow ESPN Lincoln at ESPN Lincoln. Uh, do so with at Hale Varsity at Damon Barr. That's two R's for Damon. Chris Schmidt, me at Schmidt underscore radio. So, uh, Damon, you got your hair cut since the last time I saw you. And, you know, Patrick Ewing was complaining about security stopping him. Before we get into Hoiberg and Huskers, uh, here's Patrick Ewing, post-game, Georgetown legend, New York Knicks legend, Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden. And uh, <laughs> the seven-foot-two guy got stopped by security. But I do want to say one thing, though. They, I, I thought this was my building, and I feel terrible that I'm getting stopped, accosted, asking for passes. I, everybody in this building should know who the hell I am and I'm getting stopped. I can't move around this building. Like I, I, I was like, what the hell is this Madison square garden? I'm going to have to call Mr. Dolan and say, geez, is my number in the rafters or what? The, yes. Your, your number's hanging. You're a hall of famer. You're incredible. I love Patrick Ewing, 
That's brutal. Now, Damon Barr, do you still get po- stopped when you uh, visit Pius? Do you have the same type of viewing treatment whenever you're on the grounds of Pius Tenth? You know, I don't know if I would get that same kind of treatment, but I also uh, haven't put myself in a situation to return yet. So we're waiting for that 10 Let's just year. call it what it is, a ban. Yeah. <laughs> right? Let's just call it what it is. But I thought, I, I heard that, and I'm like, my Lord, Patrick Ewing is getting, yes, do you have your pass, please? You know, it's David Spade, the old Saturday Night Live skit, and you are, well, my name's Jesus, okay? <laughs> well, that, I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I'm sorry, Patrick. I'm more sorry for Nebraska, because Husker basketball fans, I love you. I was one of you growing up, and uh, I got to see the golden era like a lot of us, uh, with the Chubbucks and Stricklands and Pikowskis and uh, Tony Farmers, and we we talked a little bit about that with Jeff Smith yesterday, and you know that 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 window that that started in '90 and then kind of ended with Ty Lue and Markowski and company, and uh, and then you know seven years ago the the run in March for Nebraska basketball with with Walt uh, and of course with. Uh, with what Tim Miles did in his second year. And th- there's no party. As, as awesome as football is, the the bandwagon fills up so full for basketball when Nebraska basketball's good and people love it. I mean, it, it's incredible. And, and you know, I believe Hoiberg and his optimism. And, and this year is such a strange year to judge progress the immediate knee-jerk reaction with, you know, what the hell's wrong with football, what's going on, that's been an ongoing talking point as we kind of point towards spring. With basketball, I mean, you did see improvement. You did see some glimpses. You saw a great half of basketball last night where you're up 15 and you're pounding Penn State, who's kind of dangerous enough to beat about anybody or be in any game on a given night, and you've seen – some nice strides by Nebraska. They just can't put it together for 40 minutes. Penn State and, and Nebraska are probably the same team, except Penn State knows how to finish and win right now. And not at a great level. They're still at 11 and 13. But my point is, is Nebraska was in a lot of coin flip games on the hardwood this year. And, I mean, 7-20 and 20 is what it is. And, and just kind of ponder this. You can chime in with it, and we can kind of hit on it throughout the show. You know, what do you chalk this year up to? Again, looking at COVID, judging progress with a shutdown and then an NBA-esque schedule for these guys. Do you remember this season for Nebraska basketball as you're 24 hours removed, less than that? Did you look at this season as more pain or painful or did you see it as some progress? And the the answer, not to injure myself straddling the fence, it, it's both, right? I mean, it, it was it was painful to watch the second half last night where Penn State went gangster with offensive rebounds and second-chance points and got to the free-throw line. I mean, you were at the 14-minute, 13-and-a-half-minute mark. Nebraska had already committed seven fouls, and it's free-throw time for Penn State. 26, uh, 23 points scored at the line. Penn State didn't shoot great. They did get hot, and Hoiberg uh, called his shot because he knows what he's talking about the first five minutes of the second half. Can you step on their neck and bury them and knows the answer? 
more times than not this year for Nebraska. We'll get some comments from Hoiberg in a minute, but both is the answer. It was it was painful this year because it's another 20-loss season. It was also a progressive season because you saw some guys kind of find themselves with McGowan, how he finished the year. There was a nice Thor resurgence. I, I really liked what Webster was able to do. Uh, Andre, uh, I think, can be really nice. Um, and and then what are you going to get from a, from a talent infusion? The thing I noticed most about Nebraska is they, they were just uneasy. And, and again, it was due to Penn State's aggressiveness last night in the second half. But when, when McGowan's was out, it just felt like a little bit stagnant offensively, although Banton, and it was good to see him bounce back. He scored seven straight as Fred put him in position to succeed. He got downhill and scored seven straight points. So, you know, I don't know that Banton's your point guard. He's been moved off ball. Uh, I hope he's a guy that comes back and can really grow and build because he's 6'9", and he's just a freak athlete. He's tremendously talented. I think McGowan's did a better job of taking care of the ball, and he's kind of a Westbrook-type quick-twitch dude that you want on the team and you need on the team. And then down low, I mean, Walker's phenomenal. I feel bad for Walker. He, I mean, he just gets absolutely hosed game after game. Uh, with either reputation, and he doesn't have a, a negative rep, in my opinion, but just how choppy this season was for him, first of all, with the suspension and then COVID, and then he comes back and he looks at somebody wrong, and there's a there's a guaranteed phantom foul on Walker in the paint four times a game. It, it's just garbage, and it's something that – I hope gets addressed because it isn't fair to him. He's not doing anything wrong or illegal. He's not beating the hell out of anybody down low. He's just doing his job. They don't whistle him for that verticality rule where he'll stuff somebody, and you've seen about five jump balls called where someone's trying to take it into the paint on Walker, and he'll he'll go straight up, and it's phenomenal. But, yeah, when you're trying to box out down low, uh, whistle, Walker, foul. And you saw the offense be on – high point in the first half with space and kickouts and threes and Nebraska shot really well and I mean Walker had a ton of assists and for him to go through it with this offense in the high post I mean that's that's your recipe for success Nebraska's job moving forward is to get more talent get better be able to practice more I mean they missed like 40 practices this year honestly so again uh, if you're going to kind of label this season for Nebraska basketball, pain or progress, where do you lean? And uh, I, I'm going to lean, uh, despite these losses, these blown leads, or the comebacks that fall short, um, I'm going to say there was there was enough progress the last 10, 11 games, despite the record. Maybe that's too beer being half full, but I, I think there can be a jump. I don't know what jump the jump looks like in year three but if you got a good core coming back which you could and should on top of adding some studs we'll see where it goes and and you know i really enjoyed watching uh the offense the creativity the the brute force that the teddy buckets provided but this team's better it flows better without him it, it just does and i hope he has a Good career wherever he's at. It just it just flows better. And, and Lat also, you know, what, what, what kind of jump does Lat make? But Hoiberg nailed it. 
the first uh, five minutes going to be so key. Here's Coach Hoiberg, uh, the mayor, after the game last night. That, that's the thing we hit on was extending that lead in the first five, how important that would be as far as the outcome of the game. And, and they came out and punched us in the mouth and scored 10 straight and got all the momentum. You know, he cut 14-point lead down to four. Uh, you know, he called timeout before the first media, and then, you know, you're in a fight the rest of the way. It's too bad because I thought that first half was about as well as we played on both ends and held them to 23 points. That's a team that's playing very good basketball right now. Uh, we talked to our team about uh, it's the exact same scenario they were in the last game where they were down 15 in the second half to Maryland, and, and they just keep fighting and keep coming at you. And, you know, unfortunately, they got the loose balls in the second half that we got in the first half. And, uh, you know, they out-rebound us 23-11 to 11 in the second half. Uh, you know, our guys, they battled all the way to the end. But, you know, it's just, it's just so unfortunate that those first three minutes, uh, you know, everything went their way. And they cut that thing down to four. So Fred called his shot. He knew what was going to happen. He predicted it. He tried to prepare his guys for it. Nebraska didn't respond. Nebraska got in foul trouble. And uh, th- there is some 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 optimism and some brightness that was from Fred to his team after the game. But you know what what is missing for Nebraska to be better for forty minutes, for thirty five minutes, for thirty two minutes, and it really kind of comes down to consistency. I think the biggest thing is consistency, and you know I, I think we'll get that. I think we had 40 less practices this year than we had last year, and that's that matters when you have a almost completely new team. Uh, we're going to have continuity next year with a good core coming back and, and with some great additions, and that's that's going to be important uh, going into the season. Hopefully, we'll have some normalcy this summer uh, to be able to work on a lot of things, which we were not able to do last year because of the pandemic and obviously in the middle of the season you get shut down for as long as we did uh you know you're going to have some lapses like we did when you're not able to practice so you know a big part of being more consistent is getting on the practice floor and working on things that you need to improve on so you know what are some of those things you can build on for nebraska basketball we'll get into the core here in a minute what's coming back but specifics uh, where we look at Nebraska's foundation. Trey was so much better under control, uh, you know, these last couple weeks. He struggled a little bit out of the break uh, or out of the shutdown, you know, kind of went back to some early issues that he had taking care of the ball after really finishing uh, before the shutdown on a a high note and had played a couple of his better games. Uh, But I think he's really made good plays and stepped up his game and and taken better care of the basketball. Uh, But we we need to play more under control. You know, our offense really picked up this last uh, these last three weeks of the season you look at our assist numbers it's where it's where we need them it's where we need them to be and you know when you have that type of movement and you look at our first half tonight uh, second half against Northwestern the entire game against Rutgers uh, you know the the Minnesota game I thought we were really good moving so you know we're starting to figure it out last side here from Hoiberg when it comes to the foundation and the progress that they can see for year three Again, we're not going to have a whole new team next year where you got to reintroduce a system or introduce a system uh, and pretty much start from scratch, which is what we've done the first two years. Uh, we have a foundation in place, and that's huge moving forward. Uh, again, hopefully we'll have a normal year where we'll be able to have practices and string them together uh, and work and correct a lot of these things uh, You know that we pretty much had to... Uh, you know, learn through playing games this year because of the lack of practice time and the lack of a off season, where everything by rule had to be pretty much an in individual work or with your roommate. You know, they weren't allowing us to do 
all those things where you build habits uh, early before you get started. You know, you take away the exhibition, you take away the scrimmage. Those are those are important games. You learn a lot from those. Uh, so, you know, hopefully we'll have a normal year uh, with the continuity we have coming back. I'm confident that, uh, you know, we'll get off to a good start in the fans. I mean, that's an important part of this as well in your non-conference portion of your season is having fans in your building, uh, you know, helping you, will you to some of those wins as well. So let's uh, just ballpark it here. Brandon Vogel's coming up uh, to the question about pain or progress, right? You're going to get Walker back for a year should he choose to return. Lat is a nice option. Is three, is he your top option? You'd hope he can build on it. Thor and, and Webster, they're kind of fringe. Not that they can't, but you got to find a point guard unless you want to just ride with McGowan's. I mean, get some of that cleaned up and we could be talking better things next year. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Back with you, Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Dave, and Barr, we welcome in managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and magazine, Brandon Vogel. Find him on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel. Get his book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Vogues, I'm dreaming of the perfect info so I can fill out an accurate Final Four here Sunday night. Can you help me? <laughs> No, I, I can't. It's going to, you know, with, with some of the, the usual suspects uh, being down across college basketball this year, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Like there was, I, 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 I still fill out a bracket, of course, uh, you know, you, you got to do it, but mm. I've given up hope of coming up with any strategy. I tried for a long time and, and now I'm just like, it's just, it's too many games. It's too random. So no help from me, Schmitty, unfortunately. Duke did us a favor. I mean, right? Because they went with the, well, you know, they went with the old postseason bull ban. <laughs> Our offensive line's all driving uh, new Jaguars. Uh, the NCAA's knocking. So we're just going to sit this bull came out. We're going to pull an old Miss. <laughs> oh, oops. Someone's got COVID. The, the world is getting vaccinated, but damn it, we've got COVID. We got to check out, fellas. Maybe that's too evil and mean, but uh, Coach K does not do NIT. <laughs> Right, my wife. Yeah, is- you know, and he he started he started laying the groundwork like not long after the college basketball season got started. It's like I've got serious reservations about this. We suck. I've got a bunch of malcontent guys who think they're ready for the NBA. We're in trouble. <laughs> Oops, better get swabbed. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> there you go. I can't take my wife shopping to the outlet and say, no, really, it's the same thing as the other department store. It's just $400 less for that alligator. Uh, you, you know, so they, they don't do the NIT. She doesn't do outlets. God love her. Okay, uh, pain or progress? Give me, you can say, well, it was a painful basketball season for Nebraska basketball fans. Oh, well, they, they progressed. Look at the last 10 games or somewhere in between. How do you kind of view uh, this second season for, for coach Hoiberg. Yeah, there was, there was enough of a, a tiny uptick, I think in the graph there over, over that, that last stretch 
that I think as you go through the offseason, it'll be an interesting offseason for, for Nebraska basketball to see what they do roster-wise. But for me, there was, there was enough there that uh, by the time next one rolls around, you can start to feel like, okay, I mean, there'll be pressure. Like, you, you've got to show some progress, you know, and in that way, even though they're a season behind on the football side of things, like, I mean, there are good reasons to think, okay, there's some progress here. It's not the kind of progress that, you know, anyone can see. Uh, someone can tune in from Akron, Ohio, not knowing anything about Nebraska. Like, oh, this team looks pretty good. Um, but there's, there's at least something there that makes it, you know, you won't go into next year. You want to find out what happens, I guess. So these last handful of games, I think, have been pretty important. You've seen flashes of it. You know, last night was Nebraska came out and played about as well as it has for a half. And then, you know, it's, it's like a, a baby that's about ready to walk. You're like, oh, maybe this is, maybe this is the day. And then, no, Penn State uh, came out and said today is, today is not the day to get the video camera out. That's a, that's perfect, right? You just said it. I mean, this this movie we're watching, you you want to stick with it, right? For whatever reason, and and I I saw enough to go. You know what, man? This offensive system is good. Uh, their defensive intensity is good. It's not good for long enough stretches, but these guys know what they're doing from a coaching standpoint and from a talent level. I mean, that they upgraded in talent level. I just want an upgrade in some basketball IQ. And that even progressed, right? And so I guess, you know, a year from now, I'm, I'm anxious to see where Nebraska's at. And I'm not, I'm not talking tourney run, but I think they can be knocking on the door and, and take one of those Duke NIT spots maybe, right? So uh, maybe that's too optimistic. But I, I, I just really think Hoiberg's super talented and super smart, knows his ball, and I think he's he's getting some talent here, and there'll be some infusion. Just got to keep the, that core together, and at least you don't have to hit reset. You know, I mean, because this is the second time in as many years you started out with an entirely new team. That isn't the case uh, going into year three. We hope. Uh, let's dive into some college football vogues, and Bill Conley does a great job. And you know, we kind of have broached this topic before he he wrote about it and it's really kind of cool to see you know the rise of Clemson right and and I look at the Dabo era and how that got started off in, in 08 as he took over for for Bowden and you know Nebraska beat a really high level Clemson team with a lot of NFL dudes in that Gator Bowl Joey Gans and company and that was a, that was a sweet win and that really kind of so it was a nice springboard for an elite, elite defense in 09, how they finished out 08. But Clemson just kind of went back to work, and then they slowly built, and they're cranking out 10-4, and 10-3, and 11-2 type years. They get Deshaun at quarterback, and bang, they pop. And, and I'm wondering kind of your takeaway. You look at all the, the college football playoff invites that have been earned over the last seven years and it belongs to about four teams right you've got Oklahoma and Notre Dame also making an appearance Uh, Oregon did once as well but it's mainly Ohio State Clemson and and Bama so who's out there in your opinion right now that that you would put money on that is going to kind of join this fray either replace somebody or move into the neighborhood uh, and anybody from the Big Ten that stick out, I think Iowa is playing good enough ball 
to be right there uh, from a consistency standpoint? Are they, are they going to get over the hump uh, from that 8 or 9 or 10 win total to, to really do some damage? I think Wisconsin's recruiting at a really high level on top of just their, their blueprint. So those are the two teams I'd circle out of the Big Ten, at least West. Uh, nationally or, or locally, anybody you're, you're thinking about here moving forward? Yeah, I think Wisconsin, um, certainly in the West Division, would be would be my top pick. The, the interesting thing with them to me is you're starting these last couple of cycles to to see their recruiting elevate now to truly go on a kind of Clemson like run. You're going to have to be at an even higher level, mm. but that's that's been interesting to me to see Wisconsin make the gains that it has on recruiting, and it's it's not like they're jumping into top tens and top fifteens all of a sudden, uh, but they're they're becoming kind of a fixture in the top twenty fives when normally you know maybe they were just on the outside looking into that group, and then obviously the wins like from a wins perspective, <laughs> they're kind of already there. So I think there's there's a bit of a bit of room. Uh, before they hit their head on the ceiling for Wisconsin still. I'm less willing to go there to Iowa. And I don't mean that as a slide at all. It's just they're at a different point, you know, under Kirk Ferentz with the longevity that he has there. Wow. Um, and, man, they're, they're super consistent now, and they're playing at a really high level over these last four or five years. Is there is there kind of another gear there? Um, I guess would be my question. You know, Connolly tabbed Georgia, and I think – that is probably it, it was his number one pick for a reason. Like they're super close. Um, they're literally close to Clemson, South Carolina. So, you know, they're largely recruiting the same area. Uh, offense hasn't quite got there uh, to the level that Clemson's has, but that's probably the top pick. And then, you know, Penn state was, was somewhere in there as well. That one, that's a pretty good one too. That's probably the most likely one out of the big 10 as a whole to me. Um, Oregon's interesting. Like they're recruiting at a super high level. I just don't know. I'm not quite totally sold on the ducks to reach that level, but they're doing a lot of good things. To me, Oregon will have to schedule a non-conference wow game, win that, and and then pretty much stay unscathed because I think there's that little respect for the Pac-12 right now. I mean, aside from SC, right? I mean, you don't have Leach out there anymore. Stanford's dropped off. Uh, the maybe Herm gets it going a little bit at Arizona State, but they always kind of feel seven and five ish to me, right? It, which they should party down in Tempe if you're seven and five. But uh, no, I think Oregon's there. I think Penn State. We're not that far removed either from Michigan State, kind of being the second flag carrying team in the Big Ten that that also got to a playoff, right? So you can do two in the Big Ten. It can be Ohio State and somebody else. Uh, I think Mullen can really blow up down in Florida uh, with with the offense. Now, their defense has got to get a, a little bit better. And I'm intrigued, as I wash my mouth out with soap here, with what Sark's going to do at Texas, right? I mean, I just, if he kind of brings that Bama, Bama mentality down there and is a little bit better with recruit what what he produces with high-level recruits, Maybe Texas starts knocking on that Oklahoma door, Vogues. They they could um, <clears throat> with the numbers that I've looked at for for Sark when he got that job. They would kind of suggest uh, Tom Herman like level for him okay. is, is 
kind of what what I'm expecting from from that. Now that said, you know, that was based on a different time in in Coach Sarkeesian's life. Uh, obviously, with two two head coaching gigs removed from that now, and you get that Alabama stint can can change some things for you. So. If he turns that program into a kind of offensive juggernaut the way, well, it'll be tough to be for anybody to be 2020 Alabama, but gets them in the neighborhood of that with the talent that Texas has access to. Yeah, they've got a pretty a pretty high upside, you know, which has been, well, always seems to be the case in Texas. But I could see it. It's, it's, I'm not, and I know you're not putting them in that group yet, there's enough there to think, okay, well, maybe I'll keep a closer eye than normal on that. Um, but, yeah, it's, I, I need to see Texas shake out of kind of where it's been mm. post-national title, really, which sure. has been really good, you know, 9-3, and three, um, and, and a step behind Oklahoma. They've, they've been a quarterback away and a run game away, right? Uh, it just yeah. those two things. Brandon Vogel with us, com and Magazine. Vogues, uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see if LSU – uh, kind of flips it and, and gets back to, to LSU. They've had so much talent and what Jimbo does at, at A&M as well. Vogue's about 20 seconds less than what's coming up from you on Hale Varsity. Yeah, so hard at work with the, the March issue, which will we'll go to go to print next week. Uh, just polished off a, a big feature story in there that I, I wrote um, kind of looking at can we can we predict Nebraska's attrition before it happens? So uh, did did a lot of work on that over the past couple of weeks. So that'll be coming out online or on in print, and then I've got some kind of online follow-ups to that. Um, pretty interesting, just looking at who tends to leave the Nebraska mm-hmm. program and why and from where. So good enough. look for that in the week ahead. Vogue, appreciate you. We'll talk Saturday, bud. All right, thanks a lot. He's in his thirties. But sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, pre-teen Swedish boy. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Love talking football, spring ball around the corner. We're talking to a world champ uh, in the CFL. It's been a while to say hi to Yoshi Hardrick. Yoshi, what's good, man? Good to spend some time with you. How you doing? I'm doing good, Chris. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a while, man. I think my last game in Nebraska was 2011, and it's 2021, so it's been a while. <laughs> I've talked to you. I've talked to you since then. I think back when you when you went to the CFL, but yeah, I need to make I need to pick the phone up a little bit more often than I do. I'll, I'll work on that, Yoshi. But hey, uh, it's uh, it's really cool to get caught up with you, and uh, you uh, have done wonders in the CFL, not only with. Uh, uh, getting to the all-star level, but you've had such a tremendous career. And let's start there, man. A year ago, this pandemic uh, just hammered all of us. And now we're we're a year later and uh, you're about to get football again. How's that feel? Man, so it's great. Uh, I definitely didn't take it for granted at, at first and never have. But having a year off from football and just watching it and seeing the college being able to play, NFL being able to play, uh, I just remember my last memory as a football player. I won the championship holding my family. So to see Tom Brady and so many guys with his family, I'm looking forward to chasing that again. I miss the meetings. I miss being in the locker room. I just miss everything about football. I miss the grind. I miss waking up sore. 
I miss studying guys. But for me to get football back this year is going to be major. Uh, but having a year off, my body feels great. I'm excited, man. I, I couldn't, I can't complain. I was in Lincoln and didn't get a chance to go to Canada, and I got a chance to rub elbows and still trying to. No, good enough. Uh, Yoshi Hardwick with us on Alvar City Radio. Yoshi, you're also uh, thinking about that next step, life after football, and you've always been a guy that's that's given back. And right now you're doing some training sessions, some coaching. Give folks uh, a heads up on, on what you've been doing because you've got quite a few offensive linemen working with you. Yeah, so in Lincoln and surrounded areas uh, for the last two couple weeks, I've been running a Yoshi O-line skills and drills. So it's basically only O-linemen getting better on the field and things we do in the game. We do a little speed and agility, everything, every, the program is set, you will get better. I got one session, two sessions, three sessions, five to ten sessions, they all have different discounts. Uh, everything is, is to make you a better player with your feet, with your hands. We uh, Eventually we will end up studying film together. I want to slow the game down for O-linemen and basically get some guys to become Huskers, man, or or anything, man, mm. just being a better person in in life. Yoshi Hardrick's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Do you want folks to just hit you up on social media, Yoshi, as far as DM you to, to maybe if uh, there's uh, a uh, an athlete out there interested in, in doing some training or a father that's interested in maybe having his son uh, look at, uh, at some skill work? Yes, you can find me on social media or by my email. I start with social media. Is Yoshi Y O S H I underscore Hardrick, my last name. So Yoshi underscore Hardrick and H A R D R I C K. Yoshi underscore Hardrick on Twitter and Instagram. You can DM me. And for my email, it'd be the same thing. It'd be Yoshi underscore Hardrick at yahoo.com. And um, it isn't about the money right now. I'm just looking to get some guys better. Um, I have another year left in football. I'll be leaving out here at the end of May. So I have like two months left, and I really want to get in as much as possible. I don't know if this will be my last year playing ball or not, but I'm going on 31, and when I come back, I just want to jump right into it, have some guys I don't work with, hopefully stay connected while I'm in Canada and make this thing special. Yoshi Hardrick with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Good on you for the uh, the outreach you're doing. So, Yoshi, uh, talk to me a little bit here about just uh, what it's been like for you, man. College graduate, you get to Nebraska, you go from Fort Scott to Lincoln. You grew up in Mississippi, but your story's awesome. And uh, you're a guy that's had to grind for a lot. And uh, what do you remember about about that opportunity at Nebraska? Man, I, I just will never forget, man. The feeling I had when Nebraska first called me, even though I was committed to LSU, I was just, I just never forget it. It kind of shook me a little bit. Nebraska was on TV every week. Sue had you guys thumping. Um, if you watch college football, you saw Nebraska. And um, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. When I finally got here on my visit, I was still committed to LSU. I didn't want to, I didn't want to give in to the Nebraska hype. And I, everywhere I went, it was just so much love. The red going down the car, uh, the tunnel walk. Just seeing the game live, I came on a visit. It was Oklahoma night game in 2009, mm. and I think it was a 10-7 game. It was a defensive game, and I was hooked. And um, Nebraska was the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm still living in Nebraska now. My wife uh, ran track at Nebraska. I have so many great friends here that I still still work out with, still go to their businesses, and it's been great, man. I couldn't, I can't, can't do it without Nebraska, man. I'm so glad I chose Nebraska. 
Yoshi, uh, you know, the Ford Scott 3, you, Brandon Kenny, Levante David made such an impact in Lincoln. And I know you're close with Levante. How's how's life treating him? He got an extension that's obviously well-deserved, but Tay finally got that ring. And, man, Tampa looked fierce. Uh, how'd, you, how'd you celebrate with him? Man, we sent a couple of texts. He know I'm proud of him. I didn't want to. I didn't want to take up too much space. Sure. I know he's on top of the world. I just won a championship. I I can remember like vividly. Like there's so much going on right then. There's so many texts coming in. There's so many bottles coming around the locker room. It's just so much. There's so much happiness going on. So I wanted him to enjoy the moment. So a week or two later, I reached out and just talked about the grind and how proud I am of him and just how he stuck with it. And he's going down like as one of the greats and just stay with it and. It's something I don't have to tell Levante. He's so self-motivated, and these are things he's going to do without anybody ever talking to him. So it's just great that I can still lean on him as a brother. I can still talk to him. Anytime he'll pick up the phone, my kids call him uncle. Mm. I'm just so proud of him, man. He's done so great for himself, and he's representing Nebraska in a great way, man. Yoshi Hardrick, former Husker and current uh, Blue Bomber with us at Varsity Radio and uh, doing some offensive line training, Yoshi skills and drills. Uh, Yoshi, about a minute left if folks want to hit you up again uh, when it comes to skills and drills before the CFL kicks off here. Give folks your contact info one more time if they want to reach out. All right, it'll be on my social media, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, it'll be Yoshi underscore Hardrick. And that'll be all they'll pull up on Instagram or Twitter like that. And for my email, it'll be Yoshi underscore Hardrick at Yahoo.com. And um, everyone is welcome, any age, anyone trying to get better offensive linemen in Nebraska, surrounding areas, we'll make it work. Yoshi, what's the one thing, man, real quick, you had to, like, make a real hard effort on going from high school to, to college? I mean, that, that, that jump, what, what part of your game did you really have to drill down on? Uh, the the fundamentals, the technique. Uh, I was always just a big, raw kid and got away with being bigger and faster and stronger. Then I met guys in college who was bigger, faster, and stronger and had better technique. And I just got farther down the depth chart until I understand the, understood that I need to have better technique and the game slowed down so much. And once you understand that the, the techniques of the game, the why you're stepping this way and the why you're punching this way and why your feet need to move this fast, the game slows down so much more and you can use your talent and that's what I want to show people and hopefully help somebody reach that potential before they get pro like me. Good enough. Yoshi Hardrick with us. Yoshi, be good. We'll do this again soon. Thanks for the time today. No problem. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Good stuff from Yoshi. Bill Dolman's coming up. Mitch Sherman, Pride of Chicago is Danny Burke. Hour two around the corner with Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good hour, good to get caught up with Yoshi Hardwick, Brandon Vogel, Bill Dolman, and Mitch Sherman. Next hour, Danny Burke from the casino. He'll have an NBA play for you later. Reminder to you about buckling up. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce risk of injury by up to 60% and risk of fatal injury. Your best defense in any crash, buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department 
of Highway Safety Office. Give us a find on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Damon Barr. That's two R's. So, Damon, how, how did you take, how did you cope with uh, with Pius and that buzzer beater earlier in the week? Was sick for Pius, crazy finish, and you're not far removed from wearing the gold and green. So, did uh, you scream into a pillow? Did you go for a long walk? I uh, curled up into a little ball, put on a sad corner. movie, uh, two <laughs> bottles of wine in each hand. Uh, Ooh, so you went, you went, you went with the <laughs> bottle of wine and not the box. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you got to go fancy. So it, it was a tough loss. Uh, kind of never really got that far when I went to school at Pius. So uh, I'm proud of him. But uh, yeah, tough to see him lose like that. All right, uh, we we last talked Tuesday, and I forgot to mention it was National Meatball Day. And, and I love meatballs. Junior loves. I mean, he absolutely. What do you want for uh, for dinner? Meatball sub. I, I have always just kind of found and wandered my way in to somebody who's prepared meatballs if we're watching a ball game or there's kind of a, a serving line with, with everyone bringing some, some grub as you, you watch. And I know we're around the corner from NCAA tournament time. Do you make your own? Does mama make? My grandma makes, okay. whenever she makes spaghetti, she makes these these giant meatballs. And you just, you plop one or two on, you cut it up, and it just, it fills your whole plate. They're, they're delicious. I, I love meatballs. See, and I got to figure out, that's like the next, like, kind of quirky, let's figure out how to make awesome meatballs. You've got to use the sweet and the hot Italian sausage with the beef, don't you? You got to combine them. And that's 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 the way I'd I'd go with it. But no, uh, they uh, meatballs are undefeated. We need to give a shout out to the meatball. We spent a lot of time talking grilling, and uh, didn't uh, didn't give uh, meatballs their proper due. So we'll dive into some thoughts with Bill Dolman on Kansas football. Bill's so great at playing the administrative game. And KU needs a whole lot of help with that. Get him to give us some thoughts on Husker hoops uh, moving forward. You know, is Tim Miles going to end up at New Mexico? I've not seen anything formally announced yet on that. Bill knows the Mountain West uh, like no other. Uh, Lead anchor for the Mountain West Network uh, since it began for its first five years. And uh, we'll get Bill's take on on that set. Uh, Mitch Sherman, he had a chance to get caught up with Ernest Hausman. And uh, some Husker football thoughts from Mitch coming up. And yeah, Danny Burke. It'll be good to spend some time with Danny Burke. On a side note, the stake in the beer bet yesterday between myself and Elijah Herbal. I took the six and a half. I said Nebraska loses but covers. It was perfect. I would have been happy to buy a mistake if Nebraska could have been playing tonight. Hour two on the way. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Well, Larry David has uh, made his way into the uh, internet edit of the day. 
between Oprah and Megan's interview, my lord. You get the curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> Music. Wow. Let's bring on the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. And uh, Mr. Husker, Bill Dolman with us, and Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D, thanks for uh, moving up a day. We have state tournament hoops all day at PBA tomorrow. What's up? How are you? Well, it's uh, my pleasure to move it up a day, given the fact that uh, tomorrow the intense preparations for the uh, uh, biathlon uh, World Cup in Nova Mesto uh, really begins in earnest. So uh, I'll have an extra day of intense preparation for that, and, uh, you know, I won't have to, you know, figure out what we're talking about. <laughs> hey, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> let's uh, let's spend some time here on, on some, some Husker basketball. And we spent time on this in hour one and, and kind of the, the A or the B choice, right? Uh, pain or progress. You know, what, what did you think of the season now that it's over for Nebraska basketball? And are you leaning more optimistic or is that too hard to say with a, with a 20 loss uh, bar tab right now. Well, uh, certainly the the first twenty minutes of, of last night's game were maybe the best twenty minutes of basketball of the Fred Hoiberg era. Um, it, it, and I I don't want to you know be negative on the guy that left, um, but I think that there was an addition by subtraction. And I know Teddy Allen had some great moments. And, um, you know, we'll probably have some nice moments somewhere else as he makes another stop in his vagabond basketball career. But they're just, since, since his departure, there just seemed to be a little more flow, a little more chemistry that they just didn't have. And I think for the, you know, while he was around watching that team this season and, I hate to continue to go back to the, to the you know the James Harden Rockets, but it's like okay, well James is going to do whatever James is going to do, and then we'll do whatever he doesn't do instead of being a part of it. And that just seemed kind of like what Nebraska basketball was about was you know, and I'm not sure Teddy Allen has earned that has earned that. And um, with his in his absence, whatever it was, three games, four games. I thought they played with a lot more chemistry. And if they can find that kind of chemistry, um, you know, and develop it in the off season, then, then I think there's a lot of promise. Um, you know, they got some decent guys coming back next year that you assume, in, but in this, you know, in this world of college basketball, I mean, they're already talking about John Calipari, you know, scouring the transfer portal right now. It's like he's, you know, in an NFL free agency and college basketball and college football free agency. Um, it's just really disheartening to see what's happened to the, to the college games. But who knows what this Nebraska roster is going to look like. You assume that McGowan's is going to be back to play with his brother, and that's a good thing. Um, I think Delano Banton probably improved more over the last four games with Teddy Allen gone than maybe anybody. seemed to be a little bit more assertive. Um, I assume Mayan will be back. Uh, Odorogo will be back. Uh, Andre, I think, was one of the most promising players the second half of the conference season, which was brutal for Nebraska. Um, I, I'm not one to say, well, this is kind of the uh, throwaway season because of the pandemic, or, you know, all of this is happening this year because of the pandemic. Gonzaga and Baylor are number one and two because of the pandemic, and Kentucky and Duke are bad because I don't think you can do that. You play with what, you know, what was, everybody had the same hand, and Nebraska had 
you know, much more difficult hand probably than anybody because the Big Ten forced him to play every other game. Um, so I think to a certain extent, you know, Nebraska showed some moxie. And if those guys, you know, can look back and see what they survived, then I think it's I think there's a lot of promise for the future if Fred Hoiberg comes back. Well, right. And and Fred Hoiberg, uh, what, what do you mean by that? <laughs> if Fred comes back, you think he's just going to run for the hills? <laughs> well, I just want to throw that card on the table just, you know, to stir things We up are all bit. paying attention. Uh, <laughs> and you just kind of made me spill my drink. And, you know, I don't like spilling <laughs> my drink on Thursday at 5.05. Uh, so, <laughs> like that's any different than Monday at five oh five or Tuesday at five oh five. Well, bottle's about gone, Bill. Okay, so that, that's the difference. <laughs> so, uh, no, I think you know if, if you were to put a wish list together, right? You get a core back. You're not resetting the roster. Finally, you're going to go into year three. What? What could we? Could you know how how bright could could year three be? For Nebraska, and I know there's a lot of unknowns, right? With who's coming back, what do you get from from five star McGowan's? Uh, what do you get from your three point specialist coming in? Who returns? I mean, I feel pretty good that they can learn and be better and, and get more practices and not go through a death march of you know fifteen and thirty, all those things, right? And I think Fred's super super smart knows his knows his team knows the offense. I think Doc does great with the defense. So I mean, I think it's it's there. You know what? What could we talk be talking about a year from now, Bill? I mean, are we talking an NIT berth a year from now? No, I think Nebraska's got to be thinking NCAA tournament. I, I think in this in this era of college basketball, I'm not sure that you build programs anymore. As you you know, you do well on the waiver wire. Sure. <laughs> you know, and it's not. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you can really compare Fred's rebuilding deal to Scott Frost's rebuilding deal. I think I think turning that Nebraska football program is is turning around a major cargo ship mm-hmm. in the high seas of Atlantic, you know, during the perfect storm with a nor'easter coming in. Um you know, college basketball because it is so um it, it, it is it is in such an era of of, of transfers um that you, you just you don't know who's going to come into a program and can make a difference right away. You don't build programs, but you know back in the day, you know when when I was growing up and you know watching Duke North Carolina on a Monday night on 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 ESPN or something. Um, it is just there's just so much transition. So to, I, I think Nebraska has people in place, you know, that to. To be an NCAA tournament team next year, okay. If you got the right chemistry, I just don't think they really ever had chemistry. I watched them, you know, this this mm-hmm. year, and and you know when Tim had some, you know, really fun teams and the no sit Sunday and all that stuff. That th- those teams were playing with great chemistry and great fun and great passion. I never got that sense of watching Nebraska basketball the first eighty percent of the season that there was. You know, I mean, I think they worked hard, and you know, I think they represented okay, but you just never saw that cohesiveness on the court. And I, and I and again I'm not I'm not bagging on on Teddy Allen I just it just seemed like to a certain extent that was you know a square peg round hole at times mm-hmm. and Teddy was going to get his and he was a spectacular player the night that he scored 41 or whatever it was but you know you still got to play you know with five guys in the flow and and guys getting into a rhythm especially when you launch as many threes as Nebraska does. Um, you know, so I don't. I don't see why they, why they can't be in the Big Ten and be you know a, a, a 500 club next year. 
after what they've gone through this year, and then, you know, make God make some shots. They have the strangest statistics. I've been following all year long <laughs> of a team that's seven and 20. Yeah. And, and you look at, the, I mean, they're, and, and okay, let's take the Don and McNeese State games out of it. But, I mean, they're still, you know, only like outscored like 74 to 70. Mm-hmm. You know, and and granted, it's different in Big Ten play. I get that, but still, you know, like the three point shooting is remarkably similar. And 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 based on all the threes that you see Nebraska launch all year long, just it was like shooting it just to shoot it, not shoot to make it. But they're still, you know, with it. I think they outshot their opponents from three in, in terms of percentage, mm-hmm. and they took fewer threes than their opponents. Their their assist to turnovers was was right on par with their with their opponents. I mean, everything is fairly even statistically. But you know the the scoreboard dictates that you know they were good for thirty minutes a game and really bad for another ten, and yeah. they're at seven and twenty. But the statistics almost don't belie a team that was seven and twenty. They I mean they, that to me, I look at that and go, okay, take out Don McNeese State. That team probably should have been, but they play twenty seven games, maybe thirteen and. 14? Sure. They, they were there. Bill, I look at, like, from a wish list standpoint, get me a point guard, okay? And maybe you've got one on your roster because I thought the offense flowed pretty well with McGowan's. Uh, I don't know that Banton is your answer there, but you can do things with him if he comes back or if he I – mean, I'm not saying he's leaving, but you just wonder. I mean, you're going to have a uh, kind of a crunch for, for, for touches. Uh, and you give me a point guard and get me – Lat's a good three-point shooter. Is he a is he a, is he a top-tier three-point shooter? Maybe, maybe with more practice, maybe he works on his game and gets a chance to work on his game. Uh, Thor's a kind of a complimentary. He's kind of either on or off. And uh, Webster, I like a lot too. If he decides to come back, both him and Thor. But those guys could be complimentary guys versus go get me some stud three-point shooter and go get me a point guard. Maybe that's already on the roster. Maybe that's an addition on the way with, with some of the, the recruits that are coming in. But I like the offense, and Nebraska seemed to take better, smarter shots, Bill, at least as the season kind of went on versus uh, at different parts of the year. It was just really painful to watch their offense, and and, and they forced a lot of really bad decisions. They, they, they got better at that as the year went on. And again, I think there was some addition by subtraction. And I and I remember at the beginning of the season, people are talking about Mayan being, you know, this this great three point shooter. I never felt like he was in the flow very much. He's once, hoping to get the ball, right? Once Allen started to, you know, kind of assert himself, it was like, how is anybody else going to get any any kind of rhythm at all when you know the, the ball goes into a hole and doesn't come back out? And uh, unless there's a missed shot, then it kicks kicked around. I just, I just, Nebraska just seems so disjointed at times offensively until the last two weeks of the year, and and I don't know what you do with Banton. Uh, I, I get that he's a, you know, he's a unique six nine point guard esque type player, mm-hmm. but you know, yesterday when he was doing all those drivings on Penn State, you know, he looked like a pretty athletic guy that you know you'd like to get going to the basket more than worrying about dishing the ball around. Yeah. But does he have the ability to be? you know, a, a stretch three kind of guy or, or you know, something like that. Um, so I think I think that those are two guys that are pretty unique in terms of where what is their role going to be. Um, you, you know, that to me, uh, those two guys right there, and, and Odorogo mm-hmm. probably need to find their place in the system, and then that's it. 
Um, but I, I liked what I saw from Ben last night with his aggressiveness going to the hole. I don't know if he has a jumper, but <laughs> you know he certainly is unique when he goes to the basket because not many people can guard him if they're you know a six three guard. Bill, I've got uh, about three and a half minutes left. I need to tackle Kansas football. I need to tackle Tim Miles. Bill Dolman, put your AD hat on because I'm sure KU will be calling you. Who's your top target? <laughs> who's your top target for the Kansas football job? Um, what, whatever is, is the best um, helps us to best disassemble the program and uh, just focus on everything else. Um, I, I don't know what they do. I, I was surprised when they hired Les Miles, and I get that he and Jeff Long had some longstanding relationship back to their days, I guess, at Michigan. Mm-hmm. That just seemed to be an odd fit. It looked like some guy who's in his 60s who wants to get a paycheck and, you know, maybe at Besco 500. Um, that he was kind of a caretaker of the program and didn't take very good care of it. I think that program's, you know, a disaster. I don't know what they do in terms of their their AD position because I think they've had, you know, a fairly uh, consistent revolving door in that position. Um, I don't know if the NCAA is ever going to do anything with the basketball scandal that started to develop five years ago. You know, um, I, I just heard something recently about Arizona getting, you know, called called into the principal's office. But I, I think that anybody who takes that job has to be scared of what, you know, where the basketball program is and what its future is in terms of any punitive stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. it's been decided already. And I just missed it. Um, but but in terms of football, I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I look at some of the, the people that are thrown out there like Lance Leipold. Yeah. I, I think, please God, don't let him take that job. No, I mean, and people are going to run from that job. Sorry, right. and 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 are they still paying Charlie Weiss? You know, I don't know what um, they're paying him in, but possibly. <laughs> but I just think that it's it's incredible to me that that program, since Glenn Mason left, has just had a hard time getting any any kind of traction whatsoever. I read where you know well, they need to bring in. You know, the guy from Army and start running the option. Well, yeah, I mean, it's Nebraska ran the option and had great success. Not everybody can. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to dodge the question. I just don't know what they do because anything that they've tried to do over the years has been a disaster. Well, I, still think, I think they may have some stuff dealing with David Beatty yet. Yeah, no, that's, you know, that's ter- still pending. Got a yeah, minute. So, Tim Miles. Tim Miles, New Mexico. Does that happen? Well, I think that'd be a great fit. I don't think the New Mexico job isn't what it was when I was in the Mountain West. I mean, that was a really fun gig, and they were still selling out the place and thinking they hosted the Final Four once. And I think that once they hosted it, they felt like they were in it every year. Um, they had a they had a very grand sense of self, but it's still uh, they still like their program. It's still an, it's a fun place to go when it's full, the pit. And I think that'd be a great fit. I and mean, if Tim wants to get back in. You know, they're talking about Brian Dutcher leaving San Diego State to go to to go to Minnesota. You know, I don't think Tim's like a San Diego or a, or a big city kind of guy, or like if Porter Merger goes to Boston College, I don't think he'd be great in, in on Chicago. I think Tim plays in a Mountain West type environment. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a small small town guy from South Dakota, and I, and I think that him getting into the Mountain West, if Leon Rice leaves Boise State, that'd be a great fit. Anywhere in the Mountain West would be a great fit for Tim Miles. And college basketball will be better to have him back in the game on the sidelines. Craig Smith, does Minnesota look at him at all 10 seconds? 
Well, they ought to. Uh, he's a great coach. There's no question about it. When 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 Tim and uh, Craig Smith and Nico Medved were on the staff at Colorado State, that was pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But is that a big enough name for Minnesota? I don't know. But I'm sure he would fit the budget because <laughs> I don't think they want to pay somebody two and a half million dollars like they did Rick Pitino, Richard Pitino. Bill Dolman, pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports at Bill Dolman. Bill, thanks for the time today, bud. All right, thanks a lot, and go Jeffs in the state tournament. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Good to hear from Bill Dolman, and uh, no doubt his wishing Fairbury well in the state tournament. We got to get Bill an updated list of championship Saturday participants. We welcome in Mitch Sherman from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how you doing? How's uh, Thursday treating you? Not too bad. How are you, Chris? Good, man. I'm debating whether to go work out or eat massive quantities of wings, and I think I'm going to go do the wings thing tonight. Those are those are pretty pretty uh, opposite uh, oh, activities. <laughs> well, I don't know what activity you can't I need go to go wrong either way. <laughs> I need to I need to get uh, a little more active with my. Uh, <laughs> my evenings, but uh, hey, uh, I want to start off and, and spend some time on Ernest Hausman and uh, nice, nice get for Nebraska. Really loved watching him. A couple of games I got a chance to cover him last fall, and uh, he's kind of played all over and, and really uh, developed into a high level ball player. And Big Ten really thought so. And Nebraska was good to get him. And, and I know you had a story on Ernest. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the term catalyst is so appropriate. And as you look at the rest of the in-state talent, you know, what's your feel with uh, Ernest uh, Hausman's role in, in helping peer recruit? Because that's something that's been pretty big for Nebraska in, in the Frost era here. Uh, kids talking to kids and, and helping kind of get a, get a big group here to, to, to move forward with one common goal. I think he can be a factor in helping sell Nebraska to Micah Riley Ducker and Caden Helms at Bellevue West. Um, but really, you know, I think they're pretty far down the road in the decision process. They haven't re- released top fives in the way that Deshaun Woods and Devin Jackson did here a couple of weeks ago. And, of course, both of their lists, the Omaha Central uh, lineman and Omaha Burke linebacker, did not include Nebraska, so... Um, you know, I don't think there's really much that Hausman can do with those two. They, they seem to have moved on. And you never know where uh, a football season is going to take you and, and what might happen with Nebraska in the fall um, and those in-state kids who are looking elsewhere and what happens when those guys have the opportunity to go visit places and, um, you know, maybe, um, maybe there'll be an opportunity for, for the Huskers to rekindle a relationship there. But, um, you know, I don't think that's going to be a priority for Hausman um, to go after players who who aren't considering Nebraska uh, by definition. I, you know, it doesn't need to be in state. Um, there's plenty of work that they can do that they can have him do with kids who are from all over the country. And you know, that's the great thing about the way that these guys communicate now. In the in the 21 class, for sure, you saw a lot of that during the pandemic. Things with things shut down. After, after March, um, yes, the, the in-state kids and the guys like Fedoni and Randolph Kapai, who are from right around here, and Henry, Henry, Henry Lutovsky and Seth Malcolm from Iowa, um, you know, they had more of an ability to connect because of the geographical proximity. Uh, but players from the South, players from the West, 
were also active in, in staying connected with the, the guys who were committed, and, and some of them joined that list. Um, so I think that's how Nebraska will look to use uh, Ernest here in, in the, the early stages, is to have him connect with as many kids as he can. And the good thing with Ernest is that he's a willing participant in that. You know, this is not a reluctant role for him to walk into as somebody who, who could be a catalyst, that could be somebody that helps Nebraska build that class. I mean, with all that he has experienced in his life, moving to the state of Nebraska from Uganda when he was five years old, um, you know, I, I think that he's got such a, um, an interesting story that he, he's going to be easy. Uh, it's easy for him to connect with kids and to sell them on what's special about Nebraska. Mitch Sherman's with us from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch going to go to Nebraska basketball. Tough finish, great first half last night, and kind of been an ongoing theme here. How do you remember, how will you remember Nebraska's season this year, year two with Hoiberg? Well, you know what? I think it really depends on what happens going forward because if this is a team that improves dramatically next year, if you bring back the core and you add the three players that are that are signed, um, you know, a top recruiting class, one of the top recruiting classes in the league, and they take off and they make a, a huge jump next season, then there's a lot of benefit from what they went through this year to build that foundation. Um, you know, I, I know Fred Hoiberg said after the game last night that it's not going to be an entirely new roster, and it, it, obviously that's a good thing. They, mm-hmm. they need to keep the core of these guys together. I mean, with Trey McGowan's, and we'll see what Kobe Webster decides to do um, there, there are, um, you know, there, there are Derek Walker. Um, we'll see what Thor decides to do. Uh, there are pieces there that can really help Nebraska. It's a lot of pieces that can really help Nebraska. Eduardo Andre obviously is is a big part of their future. So, the story to me of this team is unwritten because if they're the foundation for something to get Nebraska to the place where it takes off as a program then that's part of the legacy of the the, uh, the 2021 team. Mitch, uh, that's well put. And, uh, you know, it could be really fun times again for Nebraska basketball fans a year from now. Uh, mm-hmm. High-level recruiting class coming in, and, and you saw some progress. They just got to gotta finish better. But I thought, I thought Fred's pretty matter-of-fact with his takes on things. He just lays it out there. And I don't look at him telling me that, you know, we missed 40 practices. And yes, there was a COVID shutdown as an excuse. He, when I, when, when the mayor says, look, man, uh, we'll get better. And here's why uh, I'm going to, I'm going to buy that. And, and I think uh, you saw guys get more comfortable. I like his offense. I think Doc's defensive setups good. And, They've got some ball players, and it'd be nice if you know Walker would quit breathing on people to pick up whistles, <laughs> because that seems to just happen uh, all too often. Uh, Mitch, some football thoughts. You covered uh, the Big Twelve a lot uh, with ESPN. You're still plugged into college football around the country, and Les Miles let go, uh, Ad Long let go, and I know uh, Kansas naming their wide receivers coach as interim. Uh, right now to kind of mind the shop, but a lot to do down in Lawrence. And uh, Emmett Jones uh, is going to be the, uh, uh, the the interim here. But uh, I've seen names kind of thrown out there. And, you know, what's what's realistic for Kansas to attract name-wise? I know they got to hire an 81st, but is it too, 
too risky a pitch right now for guys that, yeah, they want to jump to power five, but <laughs> I'm not going here. I mean, what, what's your read on this, this opening? Well, it's going to depend, as you referenced, on who they bring in to run the athletic department. And, you know, it's an appealing job because of the basketball program, but then there's a lot of uncertainty about what's going on with basketball um, as NCAA mm-hmm. sanctions loom and, you know, what's Bill Self's future, how much longer is he going to coach. So, but, you know, Kansas basketball is Kansas basketball. It's a premier uh, job, and that's, and that's the number one, um, you know, selling point in bringing in that athletic director. But his, his priority and his, his top job, as it was with Jeff Long, is going to have to be to rebuild the football program. And it's a, it's a tall task because the, the commitment, um, you know, from the university and just the, 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 the passion from Kansas fans, it's just not there on a large enough scale. I, I said this earlier, and I believe that I believe it, that when – Kansas fans walk out of that stadium after a game that they've lost, whether it's a heartbreaking loss or a five touchdown loss. You know, I think they move on pretty easily. Um, it's not something that sticks with them for an entire week in the same way that you would see at Oklahoma or Texas or other places in the big 12, certainly in the sec at Nebraska. It's like that. There just isn't the history in the program to get fans to a place where it matters so much to them. It, you know, it's like one of the most important things that, that is happening in their, in their lives, almost to an unhealthy level. <laughs> That's what you need in yeah. college football to be able to compete with the best programs. I mean, it's, it's, it's reality, and Kansas does not have that. So they've got to get that. They've got, they've, they've got to win first and then build up some of that, that passion and that buy-in from everybody. So – um, look, I think there's going to be people who are interested. I think there's going to be good coaches who are interested. And some of that's going to depend on who they bring in to make the hire. Um, they have to make a good athletic director hire. And if they do that, then, yeah, even at this late juncture in the – this is not the normal time to hire a coach, you know, in, into April, um, which potentially is when they're going to be making that hire. But I still think that it'll be attractive to some, some successful group of five Head coaches. Now they're not going to. They're not, not likely going to go pull a guy from a Power Five uh, head coaching position. But there's good coaches out there at the Group Five level and even at levels below that who can do good things for Kansas. But there's a uh, there's a long hill to climb uh, for that football program. You know, you hear Skip Holtz, you hear Jay Norvell, and you, you hear Lance Leipold, uh, Craig Bull mentioned. And uh, you also, you know, Politi, and, and I know you had referenced something on social media with, uh, with Ryan Held because of his connection down in Kansas. Not that Held's a, a name, per se, on the top of the list, but a guy that's familiar with Kansas. And real quick, wh- why, in your estimation, why did, why did Glenn Mason do so well? And, and why did Mangino do mm-hmm. so well? I mean, I, and I think those Kansas teams that, that Mangino had were, were really tough. They were good football yeah. teams. Why, could, right. they, why I mean, could they do it? They caught fire in 07 for sure. And they had a great quarterback with Todd Reesing. And, you know, Mangino's offense worked. And it was the year in the Big 12 when things were wide open, mm-hmm. both in the league and, you know, with everything offensively. I mean, you remember it was Kansas and Missouri sure. um, playing at the end of the year for, for – uh, 
an Orange Bowl, what ended up being an Orange Bowl uh, bid for Kansas. So that was a different year in the league for sure, um, different than normal, different than what the environment is right now. Um, with Mason, I mean, he was a good coach, and and he he um, they were patient with him. So it's different than Mangino. You know, like with Mangino, I think things just kind of caught fire that year in, in 07, and they had the right combination of guys. There were some other NFL players. Well, there were some NFL players. Reesing was not an NFL guy, but there were NFL players on that team, on the Briscoe, defensive side. Briscoe, yeah. Yeah. Why and, um, right, in the secondary, too. So they, they um, you know, they had the right recipe at the right time. I, you know, you, you mentioned Held, and, and he's from Kansas City, and that was um, – that was a, uh, a radio show down in down in uh, in Kansas City who who was uh, promoting him. So you know we'll see if mm-hmm. if he gets involved. But uh, you know I think that the guys who who have head coaching experience um, because of the, just the position that Kansas is in are going to be most attractive. Mm-hmm. But um, that's going to be a decision that's up to uh, the, the athletic director. And at this point, uh, we don't know who that's going to be. Mitch Sherman with us from the Athletic at Mitch Sherman. Mitch, thanks for stopping by today. We'll uh, get caught up soon, and always appreciate you jumping on, man. Okay, thanks, Chris. Take care. Mitch Sherman, good to hear from him. We'll uh, head to the casino next. Danny Burke, Pride of Chicago, Burke's Bets, Best Bets on the way. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It is tournament time. We welcome in Danny Burke, host of Rush Hour with VEASAN Sports. Burke's best bets. We love talking to Danny. Follow him on Twitter at DannyBurke5. And you find him on the iHeartMedia uh, uh, app, as well as, uh, of course, across the nation. Different spots have Rush Hour going 6 to 7 Central. Friday, Chicago, how's your Thursday, man? I'm doing good, Schmitty. You know, I mean, like we keep saying, the weather's getting a little bit warmer and warmer each week. So uh, the more that happens, the more we're closer to getting back out on the links. No, no kidding. Get some some golf going and find your way into to Wrigleyville is kind of where I'm thinking your uh, your mind is going. Uh, let's start with some Big Ten. Uh, tough for Nebraska last night, but you know uh, the friends in the desert right on the money there with that six and a half seven point number and tight game. A, a Nebraska cover in some spots, but a Penn State win outright. Uh, a lot of regrouping for Nebraska, but at least it'll be uh, kind of a, a solid foundation with uh, returning crew so that's something to look forward to a couple of games in action I know Indiana Rutgers is tipped off uh, already but uh, going into it minus three was the number for Rutgers a game that Rutgers has got to have Indiana really needs to put a, a monster run and cut the nets down quite frankly and Indy to save their coach possibly and, and get in but what do you think of this here Rutgers has just been a mess shooting the basketball Indiana's been very stagnant offensively but they They've got great size here. Any interest in this game? Uh, I didn't have as much strong interest in this one, but, you know, my lean was with the Scarlet Knights in this spot. I mean, look, you know, both teams haven't necessarily been a steady bet throughout the course of the season, right? But I think as of late, I've, I've garnered a little bit more confidence with this Rutgers team. And that's where it was indicated on the spread as well. I mean, this one looks like it opened as a pick them in some spots. You're seeing it as high as three in favor of the Scarlet Knights. So I tend to agree with that market movement. I probably, if I was making the bet, would have went with Rutgers in this spot. In terms of the total at about 130, 130 and a half, I think that's set pretty accurately. 
Uh, haven't really done anything with the totals whatsoever, but yeah, this one I think is set right in terms of that total, so I'm going to stay away from that one. But, you know, if I was putting any money on it, like I said, you know, it would have been going with Rutgers. You know, Danny, to, to depart, we'll get to Wisconsin, Penn State in a minute, but when it comes to steady bets, what have you kind of zeroed in on here this March? It's been so crazy, and I know we're climbing out of the pandemic, but different teams have had different shutdowns, and it's it's not been uniform at all. What, what's kind of a hard and fast rule you've followed when you've been analyzing different opportunities? Yeah, I think one of them, because of how unique this season is, is personally I kind of stick away from the teams you know coming off that big layoff whether it be for COVID or whatever or other reasons it may have been and that's not to say that it's an automatic bet against it's just one of those where I kind of want to regroup and get a feel for this team like when Michigan was off for such a long period of time and coming back like that's a tough spot to come back from no matter what team you are so you know I would tend to look to save them in those spots but you know that's factored into the line when it's set so typically I honestly like staying away from it at that point and then obviously it's all about riding that momentum right I mean Michigan State got on their nice little hot streak but you know then they fall victim against Maryland so you don't want to get caught up too much with some of these, you know, more middle-of-the-pack teams that are getting on a hot streak. It'll come back to bite them eventually, no matter what situation it is. Something crazy always happens in March, and more so the talent's going to most likely weigh out in the end of it. So don't get too caught up in the hysteria, in the hysteria with some of these lower teams. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to overreact to some of these top-tier teams losing. Like if Michigan ends up having an, an early exit like we've seen them struggle as of late, don't freak out because of it in March. I mean, this team is still very soundly built, so I think you can take advantage of some of those squads as well that may be not giving, getting as much recognition because of an early exit in their conference tournament. Dangerous game tonight for Wisconsin. Penn State does not die. Uh, down 14 to Nebraska, down double digits uh, to Maryland. Uh, Penn State's uh, a very dangerous 11 and 13 team. Wisconsin's been fading. Lines at five and a half right now. Wisconsin, they'll tip off tonight. Any interest in this one? Nothing that I put officially, but I know, you know, we just talked about teams who have been steady, and Wisconsin certainly hasn't been that. It's been the opposite for Penn State. But granted, you got to take a look at who Wisconsin's past few opponents have been in Iowa, Purdue, and Illinois. Conversely, for Penn State, you know, you're getting Nebraska, Maryland, and Minnesota just looking at the last three. So, look, Penn State's always seems to be a gritty team I mean especially at this time of the year so for them to come back and battle against Nebraska despite how bad the Cornhuskers have been this year you got to tip your cap but for this game if it was like at seven or so Schmitty I think I'd be looking the other way Hmm. but for the fact that it's under six right now if you can get five and a half I'd probably lay that with the Badgers tonight I think their defense will get the job done and it has nothing to do with the back-to-back aspect with the Nittany Lions, because if anything, I think that's almost a pro in some of these conference tournaments, because a lot of the public looks to fade that automatically. I just think Wisconsin's going to come out on top, and I think they'll find a way to win and gain at least a little momentum heading into their next spot. Well, they need to do it. You're right on with that. Danny Burke with us. Burke's Best Bets, VEASAN Sports Network, Rush Hour, his show at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. thing with Wisconsin, there's such a, an experienced group. They will no doubt potentially know how to kick it into gear, and it could be tonight that they start doing that. Daddy, uh, when we talk about the the overall Big Ten tournament selection Sunday, 
uh, looms this weekend. Anybody you're circling with the Big Ten that you think cuts it all down? Are you leading Michigan? Do you like Purdue as a dark horse? Are you thinking Illinois keeps going with uh, DeSumo? Uh, if you were to give me a team that you think does take it down uh, in Indy, who, who is that? Uh, who's going to emerge? Who's going to be left standing in the Big Ten? Yeah, I don't really want to take Michigan. I mean, it's more so of a value thing and in all actuality because of the recent struggles we've seen of them. And I know you mentioned it when we were talking the other night, but, you know, some of these teams, it's not dire that they go deep in this tournament, right? I mean, sure, it's necessary and you would love to do it, but it's not do or die for some of the squads like the Michigans, Illinois, et cetera. But, you know, if I have to go with the top two and I'm choosing, I would go Illinois. That's not saying I'm betting them because you and I are kind of on the same thought process here with the team kind of middle of the pack with decent enough value and could have good enough talent to make a long run, I'd probably go with the Boilermakers here. I mean, this is a team still fighting, not necessarily to get in, of course, but more so for the highest seeding that they can get. So I think they have enough talent to take advantage of this tough conference that might just end up beating itself up along the way. And there could be a considerably solid path for this Purdue team if all goes according to plan. So I'll probably look at Purdue as high as about five to six to one odd. Danny Burks with us. Danny, uh, less than a minute here in NBA play tonight. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm going with the hometown boys tonight, Schmitty, off of the all-star break. I like the Bulls in this game. No MB, no Simmons because of the COVID-19 protocols. For the 76ers, last time they played in Philly, the Bulls had a chance to win. They fell victim because Embiid dropped 50 in that game. It also looks like Laurie Markkinen may return for Chicago. Even if he wasn't, I think it's a good opening night spot for the Bulls in this in this game. And it opened at two. Now it's at like three and a half or four. But again, if it's a narrow, more narrow point spread, I tend to lay a little bit more on the money line. So I got about minus 155 money line with Chicago. If it's getting higher because I see it at about 160 or above at that point, I wouldn't be afraid to lay as high as four in this game for Chicago either. I think they start their second half pretty solid, especially against the team with two of their stars out. Love that noise. Uh, Danny Burke with us. Burke's best bets at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Danny, have a good weekend. Enjoy the tournament. Enjoy Selection Sunday. Thanks for the time. Will do. You too, my friend. Talk to you next week. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Shout out to one of our favorite callers, Clyde. Clyde, we will hook you up next week, brother. We, uh, we're on basketball watch tomorrow. Three straight from four till uh, the end of the evening tomorrow night for B&A semis down at PBA. We need to find a way to get Deb and that, uh, that, that, that swim spa down in the rail yard so I can take a dip between games. Deb, the spa lady, is with us. Deb, can we make that happen? Can we get the old mule out and put a delivery down? Well, that's a donkey. First of all, yes, we could. (laughs) I say mule, you say donkey. (laughs) Well, let's call the whole thing off. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's fine. That's fine. But yes, we we do need to do that. That would be fun for sure. And then everybody can see how amazing that swim spa is. Because really, until you've seen it in person, you just can't believe uh, really how uh, you know awesome it really is. It's just a great thing to to enjoy for either relaxation or exercise. I mean, it just really serves all the purposes of a pool. So, yeah, swim spas. 
but we're getting ready to do the uh, Lincoln Home Show. That starts tomorrow. So we are set up out there, which means you can come out and see that swim spa in person. That's the way to do it. Home Innovation Spas, 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln off Industrial Road in Omaha. Deb, the spa lady with us, spasonline.com. So the home show is is legendary. It's awesome. And it's not a home show without Dead the Spa Lady or Home Innovation Spas. Folks can come check out and pick out what they want, correct? That's correct. We have a display out there with all the, the a uh, lot of the manufacturers after the crazy 2020 have really limited the models that they offer. Mm. So we've just got the favorite, the most popular models that they're making now. So you, it isn't going to be overwhelming You'll pick out, you know, do you want a 7x7, seven seven? do you want an 8x8, eight eight? do you want a lounge, do you want all seats, and what color do you want? That's really how simple we make it. So come out, see us, and uh, take care, take advantage of a great deal. I need to order a lounge in red, and uh, I need one that, that'll have a, a cup holder for my beer so I can watch football okay. and soak. Yep. We got LED lights that change colors. We've got a waterfall, Ooh. and we make it nice and simple for you to maintain it. It has a ozone system built in, so you don't have to work hard at, at maintaining it. We've got the perfect one for you, Chris. Well, and, and uh, we can put Barry White on the speakers. There you go. You betcha. <laughs> that, that makes it happen. Deb, give us, uh, give us when folks can pop by at the home show to see your display. Okay, let's see. Tomorrow, I believe it's open from 1 to 9. Okay. Uh, Saturday, 10 to 8, and then Sunday, 10 to 5. But we'll also be open at both our stores in Lincoln and Omaha on uh, tomorrow and Saturday. So um, any of those locations, come see us, and uh, you'll get that home show deal. Yes, go see Deb the Spa Lady, Home Innovation Spas, the home show, uh, 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln off Industrial Road in Omaha, spasonline.com. Get that hot tub, that swim spa picked out now for your spring enjoyment and beyond. Deb, we'll talk next week. Thanks so much. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Good enough. We'll be uh, rocking at PBA tomorrow for State Ball. Weekend edition at 7 on Saturday. Hail Varsity back at you next time.